What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? I'm Kat, founder of Ritual. We're making traceability the new standard for the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I couldn't find a multivitamin I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested, and clean label project certified. Oh, and our vitamin D3? It comes from sustainably harvested lichen from England, not sheep. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast. Middle call! Hey, me freaking haves! Uh, man. So, I don't know if you heard, John, but the uh, NFL season ended. Are you aware of this? Uh, yes, I, I, I watched... Was it yesterday, the parade? It doesn't even feel it was, like they it gave... Was, yeah, it I don't was think they gave speeches, guy. Did they not? I don't think so, because I didn't see one. They've had I, enough I think, of that, huh? Well, you've given so many speeches. What are you going to say? You just go around the uh, your route, which I think they have probably uh, down pretty pat, don't you think? Yeah. Is it, it the same one every it, time? I would imagine. It, it looked yesterday more that- like a a party celebration that it was going to like end in some finality where they all get up and talk to me. Like last year's Philly one was all about the ending and Kelsey. Cause I was, I Googled that yesterday just cause I wanted to rewatch it. It really is pretty incredible. I mean, it's an all time. It, it might be the greatest post victory speech. He went through man by man, starting with Roseman getting shunned to Doug to every player Lane Johnson couldn't stay off the juice. He said that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the Patriots, when those guys, I mean, when Gronk has three championships, you know. Is this the first time Gronk's had a girlfriend at, on the bus with him? I mean, that that was really an apparent act of uh, love. Like a le- oh. Yeah, like it, it's like a legit serious relationship. Mm-hmm. She, she's pretty hot. Uh, yeah, I, I would imagine so. Uh, did you, uh, my favorite sign was the one that said something like Gronk, please come back. And it was just a picture of Andy King, the guy from the fire festival, uh, who, uh, who, uh, was prepared uh, to yeah. proposition the, uh, customs officers, not uh, proposition service service. Yeah. That's a better word. That, I, that I, was I, a great sign. I like that sign. That was good. You see the one kid that's been going since he was two. He's <laughs> yes. now like, he's now like 20. All this was how many is it now? He's like 18 years old, whatever, 13 parades or 12 parades or how many is it? Yeah, he's had a pretty good run. Well, he's got six with them. Right. And they were, he's got three with the Red Sox, so that's nine. He's got And he's got, so 10, right? Oh, and the Bruins have won a couple. 
So, yeah, he's won a shitload. <laughs> Thank God that Ohio State or something isn't there. You know, it wouldn't even be fair. Right. Well, maybe is there like a Boston College hockey championship that he's skipping? Do you think, and I think you kind of feel this around when you have one good team, the other teams in the area try so hard, and maybe it's a combination of the fan base and then the combination of also, you know, I guess the baseball team has a lot of money because the fan base is so big that they all kind of like, because if you look at it, you go, well, they got Belichick. The other teams got Danny and Brad, and before that had Danny and Doc, and then the other team has had Theo now Dombrowski, Tito, and I mean, it looks like Corey's a star. I mean, they just got high-level fucking people running their teams, guy. I mean, yeah. Belichick's the best in the business. I mean, Danny, you'd have to put right up there. It's pretty damn close. Yeah, yep. And just the Red Sox operation over the last, you know, 15 years, even the year before, right, when they didn't, when they lost on the Brett Boone uh, or Aaron Boone home run, like, they were clearly getting good, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. In the early 2000s. Like, they've been pretty high level, those three teams, for a while. Yeah. Uh, and when they were down, it not wasn't for long. Like, when the Celtics, after that run, they bounced back so fast. You don't even remember that they were I guess, I guess what I, I guess what I'm saying is, like, do you think just the attitude in the city, and I think you see this with the Philly, too, there's just, like, a standard. And same with New York, with their main teams. It's just, you're just not allowed to be shitty for that long. Now, the counter would be the Knicks have sucked for a while. Philly's probably a better example. Just when we know you got a lot of cash, we're supporting you. We expect, obviously, the Patriots accept championships, but it's not even cha- just winning, you know? Like, you can lose in the playoffs. But you see it with the Sixers right now. Just the, the Phillies going in for Bryce Harper, you know? Hopefully yeah, not. Yeah, I mean, they, they've they been good, but they've also been really bad. The Sixers have been really bad. So I, I hesitate to make it about, like, the expectations of an area like the Yankees yeah, haven't played in a World Series in a decade. Yankees haven't played in a World Series in a decade, which is like one of the longest stretches ever for the franchise. But they make the playoffs every year, basically. Yeah, they do, and they and they spend money. Um, but that, but my point is like being held to a high standard by a fan base doesn't guarantee you the level of success that Boston has had. It's just insane. no, that's for sure. This podcast is supported by you, our listeners. We appreciate you. You know, one thing, John, I was thinking. I had a guy come over to check my mattress the other day, uh, getting it replaced, and he says, hey, what are you doing these days? You used to listen to you guys on the radio. I said, we're doing a podcast, man. And so I think as uh, entrepreneurs, you know, there is still a, a whole lot of people out there that how are old un- was How untapped. old was it? Uh, I'd say probably mid-40s. Okay. And... Um, uh, there's a whole, there's just a, there's, uh, uh, we have scratched the surface here, John. So I, I do want to say this to everyone that listens, like, man, we appreciate you. We also want you to share it with people who used to listen to the radio show and maybe still don't know. It's amazing to think we've been all together here, hanging out on this podcast for a while now, but podcasting is still just like breaking down doors every day. So I think we assume sometimes that everyone just came with us and right. I, I had a similar experience probably within the last two months at the gym you know, I walk by, I say, Middlecoff. And the guy looks at me. He's walking in, too. He goes, John Middlecoff? I'm like, yeah. He's like, man, what have you been doing? I love your show. I, I love listening to you guys. And he was a little older. Yeah. You know, he's probably over 60. I'm like, oh, podcast. And I don't think he was quite understood what the podcast yeah, was. Yeah. You but, still get a weird look sometimes from people like, what? oh, yeah. so you're just unemployed. 
As long as I don't get a weird look from a guy under 40, I feel okay with it, you know? <laughs> but share, we, we would encourage you to share it. We appreciate that. That helps a lot. So we're supported by you, and we're also supported by ads, John. And so it's great to have Ease. Why your podcast is free. That's right, baby. Ease.com. Uh, we've been telling you about Ease now for about a week and change. Uh, it is the best delivery platform to get the best legal licensed, fully tested marijuana products delivered to you in the state of California. The one tattooed across uh, our boy's stomach. Yeah. Anyone 21 and over can get verified online in minutes. You've browsed a vast, and I, I've done it. I know you're all in. Selection. I had a buddy text. Uh, one of our friends who will go unnamed text me today. I said, what's that promo code again? Because he's been browsing the uh, great selection on uh, Ease, E-A-Z-E dot com. When you use the promo code HAM, you get 20 bucks off your first order. Well, think about this, guy. You can get weed delivered. You can get pre-rolled you know, joints delivered. You can get vapes delivered. You can get edibles delivered. You can get topicals delivered. They deliver it all. And l- like you said earlier about sharing, whether you might not partake in this, you do have friends, I'm sure that do, and you know that litter throughout California, whether it's the Bay Area, coming to SAC, coming to the Valley, all over Southern California, tell your friends, promo code HAM, guy, because when you go to ease.com and you type in our promo code HAM, that's H-A-M, you get $20 off your first purchase. And if you go over $50, which, let's face it, it's pretty easy to do, you get a free delivery. And we've all ordered stuff now because everything delivers. There's no feeling like, damn, I'm getting free delivery. You know, it's, it's I would say there's feeling. no feeling like, wait, they're charging me? <laughs> yeah, that is the op- yeah, exactly. Like, what? <laughs> but free delivery over purchase of $50. Again, all over California, tell your friends, get on board. Ease.com. Uh, $20 off anything, you know, anything you purchase your first purchase and then anything over $50 free delivery. Yeah. I would say one thing is clear to us. The podcast of the future. This is also the future. Um, that's, there's no going back. So welcome to, welcome to the future. We're like always in the future. I feel like lately we've been really more in the future than maybe in other years. I don't remember feeling this in the future in high school. I remember getting you know, a phone <laughs> that had like video on. I was like, okay, I'm in the future right now. Well, I know. I remember playing Snake in like junior high. I, I actually got a DM today on Instagram from a girl I went to college with, Natasha, that has worked for Ease for two and a half years. She's like, I didn't even know you were in sports. I, I went to Cal Poly with her, and she's yeah. like, she's the VP of something at Ease. She's like, I heard your name come up. I'm like, hold up, John Middlecoff of Cal Poly, and they're <laughs> talking about, you know, we're part of their vernacular now at ease.com. Just right. a partnership that we hope to keep for a long time. Absolutely. And we want you guys to be a part of it. And we appreciate you supporting it. Ease.com promo code HAM. Also, Valentine's Day is coming up. Uh, this is another easy one for us. We've been telling you about Sherry's Berries for a long time. Several years, in fact. B-E-R-R-I-E-S.com. Uh, click on the microphone and use the promo code HAM. We both got our Sherry's Berries deliveries last week. They were gone before the sunset twice. We love Sherry's Berries. Well, here's the thing, guy, and I know a lot of our listeners, you know, we, we like snacks, you know, as men. And same with girls, women. Uh, but these these strawberries that dipped in milk, dark, and white chocolatey goodness are so damn good. You will open your eyes. You're like, God, I just housed the whole thing because they are very <laughs> easy to do. They come cold in a cold box when they're delivered to your house, uh, topped with sprinkles, chocolate chips, that little white chocolate swirl. I mean, God, they are bombsky. They, they, they are really, really good, and it arrives fresh uh, with 100% Cherry's Berries guarantee. That's right. If you're looking for a Valentine's Day gift, whether you're in the area or sending it to somebody 
across the country, Sherry's Berries is the way to go because it ships nationally anywhere. Uh, with a 100% Sherry's Berries guarantee, it's going to arrive fresh. Uh, it's a great main gift. It's a great uh, companion gift. You maybe have the big gift, and then you bring out the Sherry's Berries for a little dinner, or you send it cross country. You get the big box of berries. It's an awesome primary gift as well. So this is what you do. You go to berries, B-E-R-R-I-E-S.com, and it's starting at $19.99, plus shipping and handling when you use the promo code HAM, and you can add a dozen red roses for just $19.99 more. Ship with your Sherry's Berries. It'll come together beautifully packaged at no extra charge. Yep. Get, get on today. Berries.com. Click on the microphone. Promo code HAM. B-E-R-R-I-E-S.com. Again, support Haberman's third Porsche uh, just by typing in the promo code HAM. That's right. I'm thinking about the SUV. I'm thinking okay. I'm, I'm going big, John. I'm going. Go G-Wagon. G going. Well, no. You said Porsche, so I'm, I'm sticking with the McCann. McCann. Okay, like G-Wag it. is not a bad option, though. Maybe a Defender. I've been thinking about a Defender. G-Wag uh, is a Land Rover. Sweet. I'll tell you um, that. All right. You know, speaking of making big moves, look, the Niners, Jed York has been the guy at the front of the table for the 49ers for a while. He's been the face of this thing for a while. They've made, quote-unquote, power moves. They got a Super Bowl. They built their own stadium in the state of California. I know we talk about, oh, I wish it was here, and I do. But you build your own stadium, you get credit for that. Like, you just, you get credit for that. That said, this was much easier to do than build a stadium. The Raiders are not playing at AT AT&T Park. That is not going to happen. And why is that not going to happen, John? Hashtag Oracle guy. Thank you. The Raiders are not going to play there at Oracle Park. And why is that not going to happen? Because Jed said the two most powerful words in the the English dictionary. There you go. Hell no. Yeah, they, they're <laughs> N-O. No chance. I was wondering what your first word was going to be. Were you planning it, on hell? No, I was just I, – I meant most powerful two letters. Oh. N-O. <laughs> I, I said words. You know, I, I we'd been talking about this for a while. The story had kind of gained traction, and it, I, I don't know, felt legitimate. But Raj, was it last week, tweeted that they were in talks. I was a little shocked the Giants jumped in bed with them. But, you know, we talked about their money whores and – uh, so am I. I, I don't, I don't blame you for taking a check. I mean, who's, who's really not in business, but as Raj tweeted yesterday, guy, one thing the giants found out is how difficult it is to do business with Raj the Raiders. Mathai, NBC Bay area tweeted out how difficult it was to do business with the Raiders. And I, I'd say you even take a step back. Like it, it, this, the Raiders had zero control in this whole deal. Like Jed owns that city. Like you said, whether we like it or not, I wish the thing was closer, but it's not. You know, and that's never going to change. There, it, this isn't like a, uh, you know, a, something you can pick up and move. It's there for, in perpetuity, right? <laughs> Unless they build another one, which clearly with the way the costs are going, that ain't happening. That thing, Niners are going to be playing there for a long freaking time. So you just got to deal with it. And hell, the Raiders might be this year too. But Jed, like Jed City is San Francisco. And his fan base litters that city. That is his consumer. They pay his bills. I, I I think people are so confused about this, and it's, it's it's kind of a narrative that started to bother me. How fans don't like fans do pay for everything, literally everything that a team has, every salary, everything. And part of that, the way the business model set up now is just eyeballs, right? Just TV ratings. But your time, if you give them three hours every week and you do big ratings, well, every five or six years, however they negotiate these TV deals. Factor in, like it's a big deal. They need your time and people consistently give it 
to the Niners, to the 49ers, who do massive television ratings in a massive market. So this one wasn't like, I, a lot of people kept tweeting at me like, why does Jed even care? It's just seven games. Now, it's It wasn't about, it, if it was one game, it's, no, you're not fucking playing in the market that I own. Well, here's an example, John, of, you As know, you fuck the local people too, that that plays a part here. Well, it plays a part in the optics. It's not, you know, is Jed standing up for Oakland? No, and no one asks him to, right? But that doesn't matter. That's not what this is about. You don't give up leverage when you have leverage for nothing. As a favor, a favor means you're getting something back. What would they have gotten back? Like you said, obviously the league didn't care enough. The league's like, we don't have to. They're probably thinking we don't have to give Jed a Super Bowl to let them play at AT and T. Because we'll just they'll just play at his place. We don't have to give anybody anything. They obviously didn't care enough to push him on it. So this comes down to the Niners had the right. You know, a lot's been made over the years of the the Giants should give the A's territorial rights to San Jose. They should give it back because the A's originally gave it to them to help the Giants stay. Now, why did the A's do it? Well, it wasn't just goodwill. Part of the hope was if we give them San Jose. Maybe they'll move down there. Maybe they'll move away from San Francisco, and then we'll get access that we'll really be able to battle over the city. So it was partly goodwill, maybe, I guess. I wasn't in the room. Did the, did the A's give it to him or sell it to him? Didn't they give it to him? Yeah, give. Yeah, that's you give. said give. I always thought they just gave it to him. They didn't sell it to him. So, and I, and I don't know the full intricacies of the deal, but the, but this is the basics, right? Yeah. So people say, well, look, the Giants, you guys, that wasn't your, that wasn't, they gave it to you. You should give it back. No, no, nobody should ever do that. A and B, there's another side of it, which is the purchase price of the A's accounted for the fact that they didn't have that part of the market. So the ownership group now, they, like that's part of the deal. But whatever, like I, the teams don't spend any time worrying about it. I, I don't spend any time worrying about it. But the point is this, when you have a market, you don't just give it to somebody else. So what if they're gonna, like, you know, uh, I need a place to stay. I know you don't know me. I need a place to stay only for a month. Can I stay at your place rent free? Would it really help me out? No, no, you cannot. I'm not just yeah. doing you doing something for you. This is business. But the most powerful part of their business is I guess this is a little different. That's not the best example. It's like, can I stay at somebody else's place? Well, here's an example. You're a married man. Knock on wood, this is not going to happen. But let's say she left you tomorrow. She leaves you tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, Alyssa, it's, 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 you know, it's, just, it's happened <laughs> Did, before. Yeah, you get, you get a divorce tomorrow. <laughs> I feel good about it, but yeah. You bought the ring. Do you, right. She has the ring now. Right. Do you still own that ring once you separate, or is that her ring forever? I believe that's a gift, yeah. I believe that's a gift, too, and in every situation I've ever heard, in some, and you read some like celebrities when the ring gets crazy price points, like, you don't own that ring anymore the moment you put it on her finger. Ariana Grande gave it back, though, right? That was and a now, little— And now Pete's dating Kate Beckinsale. I don't know if you— But, I, but I would say this, didn't weren't they dating for like two months? Like, didn't a guy— I think like, it was less than—I think it was like two weeks. So it, it was a situation. But if you have a normal person relationship, let's just say before you get married, minimum over 12 months or something, and you get the—like, that ring is no longer yours. Now, again, to me, this is even bigger. The cash in the city is really important to Jed. Not just the people, but their money, their time, the the history, the generations. 
like it's it's hard to do apples to apples because there is not this situation anywhere else, right? So it, it it's hard to even quantify it for people listening that aren't don't live around this area. But no other owner would even fathom of not. And to me, it's like why Jed doesn't totally get that much credit. I, I give him a little, but every owner in the NFL, not I don't even know what the hell Mark would do, but every other owner would have said no in that situation, right? They would one if that was like their cash cow market or one of their cash cow markets, a uh, little micro, you know, economy and group of of their consumers. It, it's I I've I've kind of wrapped my head around that I don't know if a Super Bowl would have been enough, guy. I don't even know if it would have been worth it because you might get a Super Bowl again in like the next 15 There's years. Something symbolic. And what about if you, you know, uh, what, what about when you're playing games on the, yeah, it's just, it's, there's just no reason for it. It's, it's such an easy decision. It's now the yeah. irony is this is why my, do I want somebody to stay in my place for free? Do, uh, analogy doesn't work. It's because it, it's, <laughs> it's better for him. He'd rather than play in his stadium. See, I don't even think he cares about that. I, I think he'd rather not have them play in the stadium. Well, there's no doubt, but I'm just saying if given the choice between Oracle Park and oh, Levi's yeah, yeah, Stadium, yeah. the choice is I want them at Levi's because you know you know what's different there is part of what's different there. A, it's not in San Francisco. B, they're kind of your tenant. Like they're playing in a stadium with red seats. You know, like it's clear to everybody that they are they you are in charge of them when they're in your even if you're not. Okay, I agree there 100%. Mark's kind of fucked right now because Here's the other thing about Oracle slash AT&T Park. slash just where the Giants play. The OP. Is it's, it'd be one thing if it was like just another football stadium that was being unused. You'd be like, oh, it'd be kind of an easy transition. The transition was, as you said on the last podcast, both sidelines are on the same side. Uh, it's not built for football. And it's just the, the preseason games, again, would be on dirt. As someone, as a lot of people writing, like, did they even realize that you also play preseason games? The logistics of the Giants' schedule, it would, it just was a sneaky nightmare, and it was clear that I, I'll be interested. The more the information comes out, like Larry with spring training right around the corner is going to be asked about this. Is there a chance that they weren't as active? And I was thinking about this last night in doing the. It was more the Raiders being super aggressive, and then I did think. Remember, probably within the last month, the Giants did release a statement. So may- maybe that's why would they release a statement if they weren't that active, countering my own question, right? Like they were kind of active because they did release a statement like, yeah, we have engaged in talks. Nothing's imminent or anything. Yeah. Why would they release that? Maybe it's just basic PR. You just say, yeah, we've talked. Right. So you're just being transparent with your season ticket holders. Also, just how many people – let's say you've been a season ticket holder. Like a, you're a company. And you have good seats, and you've spent a decent amount of money. You got four seats for the 80, 81 games for the last 20 years they've been there. So you've – whatever that number is. But a decent – I mean, it's just a lot of cash over a long period of time. You're like, I, I don't want – I mean, I, I think it would be bad for business for them. If I'm a season ticket holder, why is it bad for business for me? Because why would I want to even think about other people just – I don't know. In my seat? Yeah, I guess – to me, there there was cl- – because there is some – it's not like Boston or Philly. Like, can you imagine if someone basically – what the Raiders did is they said, fuck you to the Bay Area, we're leaving. Now, this area is a little different because we got other teams, but that's what they did. 
So the Giants were kind of throwing them a bone to like, oh, you can screw over people of this area and we'll still do business with you for, for a short period of time, even though we know you're leaving for your new girlfriend. That's where, again, the situations it doesn't exist anywhere oh, else. What you're saying. Yeah. But that would not fly anywhere else. Like they, they literally, you and I know these people that are season ticket holders that feel like, God, I'm getting screwed here with the Raiders, the way they're treating them the last several years. And the Giants were like throwing them a life raft just to like get them back to shore for the, you know, just unneeded. When they when the Giants are kind of like the staple of community around, yeah, it's here. a it's a weird time in various sports, right? I mean, it's a, at a time where we're talking about the basketball team's going to move across the bay to right by where AT and T Park. Were you seeing Kawakami tweeting so. yesterday about the about Lakeup not being on board? Like he didn't want him either because they absolutely be he sun, doesn't want gonna him. Be, there were going to be Sundays when they had games or practice. Not a, like what if they don't even play on Sunday? He's like, well, they practice, there. yeah. Oh, we're paying for this, this area. We're helping the Giants out. Right. This is not the rate. We're not giving. No. Fascinating stuff, John. This is uh, as expect. You know, it's funny. I get people reach out to me like you said they weren't going to go. And I don't like, yeah, you're right. I did. I, and, and I feel like even I, it's weird. I feel like even though they're going, they're done it. They're, they're going to Vegas. I feel, I still feel like all the logic I use to argue why I didn't think they would actually go like keeps getting uh supported yeah i mean it's not even arguable that they're a disaster franchise that's not arguable it it is not arguable andy dolich said the other day they're struggling to get signage they had to do the refunds and lower the price points and it's just clear the way they're operating like I, i saw tim tweet this morning when i was going to get coffee like don't worry raider fans in 2020, when you're in Vegas, everything will be normal. They'll just they'll figure everything out. You know? It's like, hey, guys, like shit shows don't change. And you're kind of seeing with the Lakers. When Luke Walton signed up, they had issues, right? Because the brother had to win or he was going to get demoted. And then, and then the daughter and then Jeannie took over. And then they like kind of fired the brother and it kind of got weird. And then Magic came on. Like they have, they're the Lakers. They have a lot of money. They're this famous franchise. They're 50 times more famous franchise than the Raiders, but they are very dysfunctional. Like you don't, you don't just shake dysfunction quickly. It's just, it's hard, right? When you just have, it's just, it's just difficult, you know? And and I think the Raiders a little like the Lakers sometimes when you just hold on to sacred cows type stuff, which the Raiders are king of. And the Lakers kind of are too, can just get you in trouble, you know? Uh, all right, let's uh, let's talk about some other stuff here. Niners actually related. Uh, you want to go with you want to go with Wes Welker? Or you want to go somewhere else? I no, I, I'm all for Wes. Wes Welker hired by the 49ers. We talked about the possibility of this. He is going to be on the 49ers staff, wide receiver coach. Um, we'll get to Antonio Brown here and some other stuff, but um, you know, I, I, this is intriguing, and I think a it's the Welker. The here we are, the Patriots just won the Super Bowl. And we've talked, is Bill's player tree going to be better than his coach tree? I don't know, who knows? Maybe. Um, you never really think of wide receivers as future head coaches, but the game has changed. He's on his way. I don't know if you saw it. Zach Taylor uh, had his press conference yesterday in Cincinnati. I don't know if you saw any of it. I watched I a little. Mike Sherman, his father-in-law, by the way. Um, I didn't know that. I didn't either. But Del, Del Rio, future D.C., you see that? I did not see that. But Mike Brown said, hey, we're just following a trend here. We're hiring offensive coaches. That's what's going on in the NFL. So the way it's always oh, been he is ad- – He admitted that? 
Well, I mean, it's basically not really. just. Well, I mean, I think he was just saying like this is part of what's happening in the league, and we're confident. And you, I was impressed listening to Zach Taylor. Can I give a hot take too? I, I was really impressed. I'm like, God, I kind of like what he's selling. Well, you know, I heard Brady Quinn say something because they're like, you know, winning the press conference. I've always said this, like, winning the press conference. I've seen people lose press conferences. So it's like, you know, I mean, it was a good press conference, but what do you really get for that? And Brady Quinn was like, Well, I, do we think Adam Gase won his press conference? Like, I don't think Adam Gase gives a rip that he's a meme, but we wouldn't say he won. Like, it's not that easy to just walk out there. It's the first chance we get to see you just handle yourself in a pressure situation if you've never been a head coach. So you do get some credit for just being an adult, although, you know, that's not But exactly I think you can just watch it, but... that press conference and you just with high-level guys. Like, you put yeah. Wes Welker in front of a mic, you're just going to be like, God. You put Let's Zach Taylor in front it. of yeah. a mic. The one thing with Wes is at least he's been, like, he's been famous. He's, he's been in front forever. With Zach, I didn't know much about him. Like, God, this guy, I could see where he would impress in an interview setting. Like, to me, Welker, I, I think it's just you usually don't get a guy of his level, I, I would say, in this day and age, to just pursue this coaching thing, which clearly he's all in on, right? Like, he went from assistant to then he's like, he wasn't just, I'm just here because Bill asked me to be here and I've known him for a while. I'm, I'm an aspirational coach. To make a jump, because his jump, it wasn't like he went from assistant position coach to a coordinator. He just did a gradual step. Mm -hmm. you know, Zach Taylor took a pretty big step, went from quarterback coach to head coach, and he's 35. Welker's older, obviously, because he played a lot longer. But he went from assistant wide receiver coach to a wide receiver coach. Like a jump 99% of coaches make, right? You go from the assistant to get your own position. And then hopefully you go from a position so the like next year, if a guy leaves, as Kyle said, you know, it's we're gonna lose. I mean, they lost coaches this year, and they're four and twelve. Imagine what happens if they go ten and six. Like Welker could be the offensive coordinator. Is it crazy to say? Crazy to say, and I I, I don't think it's actually crazy to say at all. Just look at what happened this year. If they were to make like win a playoff game next year, that he could get head coach interviews. Um, I guess it's not crazy. I think him being him helps. I do think yeah, him being I, a wide I'm receiver saying, coach. I'm saying it's well, it's Wes. Like yeah. he is famous. But I I still think being a wide receiver coach makes it a little harder for people to envision you making that jump without you being an OC first. Right? That to me would be the one thing but, I would say. But, but 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 I'm saying, guy, he was Zach Taylor was a quarterback coach. Right. But, now, but that's he, a little different. That, I, that's my point. It's like, I think quarterback coach is unique. Like, we can pretend he, you're part of the past, you know. I, and he's a quarterback. Like, he played quarterback. He, and he is kind of unique in that way, in the way that Wes is unique. I'd also say this, John. We always laugh about coach bios. You know, like, you find some coach from, like, West Texas A&M, and you find, like, the one player that went to the NFL. It's, that guy's, like, always at the top of that guy's bio 20 years later. But if, if Wes Welker had just been the quarterback coach for Jared Goff, we'd say that was impressive. I mean, he just, he was around it, whatever that success was, he was around it. I think, I don't think DeAndre Hopkins like needed Wes Welker. He was a great player before Wes Welker showed up, but he was the receiver coach on a team that had the guy that was second in the league in receiving yards last year, DeAndre Hopkins. So he's been a high level player. He does know what it means to be in a room where you have a superstar it's not about you anymore. Like, I think players struggle with – it's not about them necessarily once their playing career is done. And, yeah. you know, being around a superstar receiver is an experience. What that means, I don't know. But th th to me, there's something there. I don't think that's nothing. Well, I, I think it also helps him the way his career went despite, like, 
when you Google his stat page, I mean, he had five of six years where he was over like 110 catches. Like it's kind of like it's eye opening his production. But even as great of a producer as he was, he was still a role, like he was a slot receiver. So there was a kind of a role. What you know, you he's mean, only. What do you mean when you say he was just like like you don't well think, like does that mean he was a lesser like not a star? Uh, well, no, because he was going to Pro Bowls and stuff, but his like he had a specific role on the team. Like he only runs a couple routes, right? It yeah. wasn't like you develop game plans. So he wasn't as good as like the greats, you know? Yeah, like he wasn't. He played with Randy Moss. He was never as good as Randy Moss. Like I'm just he trying played, to get you to say that Matt Slater's not a Hall of Famer. Well, no, I mean I watched some inside the NFL <laughs> Showtime show, and he it's just like God, he he's a Hall of Fame teammate. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I guess my point is like West. There is a fall in line aspect, even if you are an elite little short slot receiver. Mm-hmm. You know, like at the end of the day, he was an undrafted free agent. He had to work for it. Like yeah. Julian Edelman, like Julian Edelman's easy to work with. Why? Because the way he came up, the way he has to work, he's also not, it's not really built around him. Like he's never even come close. Now he's never produced at the level, but then the like star Gronk is where I, I can see how the the transition is possible for Welker and tougher for other guys or basically impossible for certain guys. But certain guys are just wired to be coaches. Like DeMarcus Ware, coach last year with the Denver Broncos. Like, and he's a Hall of Famer. And he's a, you know, a lock Hall of Famer, like a first balloter. You know, so some guys are just, they just have it in them. It's just, they're just junkies. Clearly Welker, who played with Manning, who played with Tom, you would just say is a junkie. And clearly Bill O'Brien likes him. Kyle was impressed enough to like him. Like he's, he's going places. I think that matters what you just said. Um, because I, you know, I, I don't think anyone has said this explicitly, but you do just wonder with Kyle, like he's pretty all business. At least when we get to see him, does he value what play, does he value the players in the way that like college, you know, NFL coaches, we just don't, it's not about the players per se, right? College coaches always talking about affecting lives. Like NFL coaches don't talk about that stuff. They just want to win football games. And so I do think it's interesting that Kyle has this guy who was so recently a player now on the offensive side of things with him. Because whether you're a wide receiver coach or not, it's not really a position that we talk about as one, a coaching position that we talk about as one that has a lot of say, right? It's not really like, oh, the it's not just generally not a position where somebody who's about to be an offensive coordinator or a head coach is. But I got to think, like, you just, you, you, if you hire this guy, a, it means that he feels like he's going to be valued. B, it means he's going to he's willing to grind if you're willing to take a position like that. But I also think it means if Wes Welker's in the room, you're, like Wes Welker's opinion does matter. Like I don't know how it doesn't matter. And I do think yeah, it reflects hey, on Kyle in hey a positive guys, way. We did this when uh, we were in the Super Bowl with Belichick. Hey, Peyton Manning liked to do this. <clears throat> like he does his playing aspect of game planning around Bill O'Brien now as a coach. And as a player, Manning, Brady, and Bill—I mean—is impressive, right? Like just the ideas that he has, yeah, that he's seen, like that he's been a part of, right? Hey, hey, guys, this is what I used to do. This is what Manning used to demand. Hey, Dante Pettis, when I played with Randy Moss, we'd work on this type of stuff on this route, right? I mean, I, I'm just little things that I—he's a unique former player. Just because of the people he's associated with, succeeded with, game planned with. I mean, it's like a think tank of some of the smartest people in this era of football. Well, the other part's going to be fun is this is not a ready-made receiver room. So, Well, no, it's terrible. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's bad. But I, I do think you've got two guys 
that you go, well, Trent Taylor, in theory, should be a Wes Welker-like. You know, that that's kind of what they drafted him to be. And we did just draft a guy in the second round, right? So if you do take guys in the second round, can the guy become Juju or Devontae Adams? Like, there are a lot of good second-round receivers all over the league. Now, I don't need you to be that good, but I can't have you be shitty. I need I need to maximize whatever you have. You could also say, like, is it time to kind of put Dante Pettis returning punts? I mean, isn't that was kind of his baby in college. Like that's all time leader in touchdowns, in college football history. Like, is that out of the realm of possibility to throw him back there next year? Now, if he becomes like Odell Beckham, Deshaun, their first couple of years, they do that. Then once you graduate out of that, I'll take you off. Patrick Peterson, right? Patrick Peterson, the first couple of years, returned punts. And then it was like, ah, oh, this guy's a max corner. You don't do that anymore. But I'm sorry. Like, Dante Pettis next year should return punts. He holds the fucking NCAA record for punt returns. So he's nat. He's just, he's good at it. You know? Is he great? Would he be great in the NFL? I don't know. But usually it translates. It's like, why did, why did Andy have uh, Deshaun return punts for the Eagles? I don't know. He did it at Cal. You know, why did they have uh, Odell Beckham do it? I don't know. He did it at LSU. Like, I, I don't remember. Like, they kept throwing Trent Taylor back there. Put him back there. <laughs> now, he was hurt tonight. I haven't yeah. really thought about it, but he should be doing that next year. And if he has an 80-catch season, then the next year he doesn't do it. But right now, he should do it. I mean, West West was really good at it. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, maybe that's an element. Actually, I wasn't really. That's a good nugget. I forgot Wes did do that. Oh, I thought I missed something. John, Dick. <laughs> you know Wes never had a punt return for a touchdown? And he returned 264 punts? Well, he wasn't very fast. He like returned long, 100. Long he, had, speed. he had two kick returns for touchdowns. In Miami? Uh, oh, wait. No, one. He had one. His rookie year. God, that was – do you know what's crazy over the years? Is like not only has the AFC East kind of sucked, Belichick has pillaged some players. I mean, it's crazy, like, right? Like, hey, guys, if Belichick wants Chris Hogan, maybe you should keep him. It'd be like – Hey, Miami, if they want Wes Welker, maybe you should keep him. It'd be like if all, if Nick Saban only – if like 80% of his transfers were just Auburn guys. Yeah, it's like if every five years – you're kind of struggling, but you're like a web designer and Facebook calls and wants to buy that thing. Maybe you should keep it. You know, it's like, because every time he signed them guy, they've been restricted free agents. It's like, oh, the Dolphins ain't going to match. Oh, the Bills are going to let Gillisley go. Like, hey, hey, guys. Even if the guy turns out to be shooting for Bill, that, that's a sign that but you But you just should. acknowledge, like, you know, I don't know. I, he can figure it out. I, he can do more with that than me. What, what am I going to do? What do you want me to yeah. do? I mean, that's why they win. It's the like selling Super Bowl a car that would be parked on your lawn to somebody who knows how to rebuild an engine. You know, it's like not like you're going to rebuild the engine. What that? What difference does it make? But the thing is, Walker was decent. Yeah, it, it just might. sucks when they drive by and steal your wife in your old car because they rebuilt it and that's sweet. Yeah. To me, the Welker one was like it was clear he was pretty good. Now, would he have been as good if he didn't get to play with Randy Moss immediately when he got there? Maybe not. That's uh, sure helped. Well, okay, so I don't. Th- I think we've talked about Antonio Brown being a 49er. How real is this possibility? We both thought it was low. Can we say now it's from low to zero? Uh, the reports Tuesday, initially TMZ, and then there was the, port- the report from 
uh, radio station in Miami. There's an investigation into a domestic violence allegation. There was an incident with the mother of his child in January. We don't need to get into the Antonio side of this, but uh, he's got he's got nine children, I think. Okay, so I said his child. I'm not sure which child, but by nine or eight or nine. I'll, I'll Google it right now. Um, yeah, the question is: Is he tied with Philip Rivers, or is there work to be done to catch up? Uh, do you, you think Philip walks around with like nine pacifiers on his fingers, the way Brady has six rings? Like, I don't even think Philip could name every kid. Uh, is, is there any chance? Does this affect the real? Does this affect the chances that Antonio Brown is a Forty Nine er? Generally, with these situations, I say, nah, not really. Let's just let it play out. If nothing happened, nothing happened, and NFL teams sign a guy. But given the Niners' situation with Ruben, like they made a decision on Ruben that was not really dictated by the, by what the league was going to do or the legal system, they just got fed up with him. I, does your baggage travel? Is part of the question in the NFL. And in this case, given the Forty ers situation, I kind of feel like Antonio Brown's baggage would travel in their eyes. Okay, I, I'll apologize to Antonio. Not eight or nine, five children, but three different women. So you know, a, a decent ratio there. Not quite one to one. Big difference between five and nine, though, John. Yeah, big difference. But he's got three women. Rivers has one. Uh, I listen. I could the cops ever be called? I mean, I I screamed this morning over something, you know. And granted, it was just me in my office. What'd you scream about? Just just mad about just a a mix up on something. Okay. Uh, Too complicated to explain, but I just screamed really loud. You know, just you know, hadn't. Still working on the coffee. Just kind of, I'm always kind of edgy first thing in the morning, and nothing happened. But my, I mean, with Antonio Brown, so the cops come and nothing happened. Like I, I don't put much stock into that. But drip, 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 drip. It's always something with them. Yeah, it one thousand percent does not help. One thousand percent does not help. I I don't think he's a great trade asset right now. I would imagine some of the offers they're getting, they're like what, relative to a guy that's just. I don't know, been a top five non-quarterback in the league for like four, five straight years. Like legitimately, but like no one argues, right? It'd be like, is James Harden a top five player? And everyone's like, yeah. You know, is Antonio a top five non, non-quarterback? Everyone's like, yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> you know, usually those guys like Cleo Mack, Aaron Donald, like you trade them like, oh, we'll give you multiple first rounders. But to me, it's a double whammy. One, he's a major pain in the ass. Two, he's sneaky a little older. Because he's been in the league for a while. I mean, he was drafted, people forget, in 2010. They won the Super Bowl that year. Or, excuse me, went to the Super Bowl. He was on that team. Now, he didn't really play. But, I mean, he's going to be 31 this summer. He's, I don't know, a team that can handle drama, would you say, as well as any in the league, beside like Belichick. But Belichick doesn't quite have the drama of their type guys. So I'd put the Steelers maybe one. Like them or Seattle. Seattle had been pretty good at it for a while. And they're kind of over it. But they're kind of stuck with him, which isn't the worst thing. Like, is it that bad to bring Antonio Brown back? You're already paying him. And the way the well, cap was set up, if they cut him, like, I, I it doesn't I, quite feel like it's not returnable. I you know? agree, even though Art Rooney said it's hard to envision it. But things but he, change. I, he kind of walked his words back. He talked again at, like, the Super Bowl and was like, yeah, you just you never know. It, it, it wasn't as, as like, uh, concrete. Because I do think they'd I, all I, admit, look, at the end of the day, he's one of the best players they've ever had besides, like, Roethlisberger. No doubt. I, yeah, no doubt. I do think there's a chance, just watching the way their season played out at the end, that he is a detriment. Now, is he enough of a detriment? Like, truly gets in the way of them winning. Now, does that 
does he get in the way enough that it overshadows how much he really helps you? If he's on the field, no. But what if he's just going AWOL like he did week 17? Now that is kind of a problem. Um, you know, I mean, I, but I'm like, if I had to bet right now, is he traded for a fifth or a fourth or cut or back on the team? I'd probably go with back on the team. Back on the if, if I if I was let's say I represented Antonio and they were and you were Rooney or Kevin Colbert that is the one guy that's kind of sneaky you're like who is that guy or you're like oh that's the GM of the Steelers uh, or even Mike Tomlin I'd go well you guys were the ones that had the Le'Veon drama carry over into the season Antonio was not an issue then he was producing early on in the season when the Steelers were struggling and it took a while for James Conner to kind of come on like that wasn't on him now at the end of the season. You know, once it kind of got away from him, he became somewhat of an issue. But, like, the the reason you missed the playoffs wasn't necessarily him. Because this year, you'd be like, well, you guys fucked up on the uh, Le'Veon deal. Antonio Guy had 104 catches and 15 touchdowns. So, 15 touchdowns. We've talked about this before. Career high. 15! If, if I was representation, I'd be like, you guys wouldn't have sniffed the playoffs without him. Because let's just do the – if you did like a war, Antonio Brown and just the other guy you would have played, like James Washington and also signed a guy, maybe you would have got like six touchdowns. Like that's – I mean that's a huge – say what you want. 15 touchdowns is 15 touchdowns. That's a big deal. That is it, and he, yeah. and he missed. So he was a touchdown a game because they didn't even play him the last game. So he averaged a touchdown a game. He was bringing you six points. And he had 104 catches, so divide 16. I mean, what's that? Like seven catches, eight catches a game? I mean, he what What else? He averaged eight catches a game and a touchdown. Like what? There can't – I mean, maybe one guy in the league also had that? That's incredible. That, that's that's the that's what makes this complicated is, is like he is incredible. You know? I think it's just yeah. that simple. Yeah. He's incredible. Uh, all right, John. Quarterback time. Derek Carr. How would you like it on the day you get paid? This is the case with Derek. It was like just a news story. Like I got an alert. Like Derek Carr got nine, gets nineteen million dollars guaranteed today. Like congrats on being rich. Like do you send him a text if you're his boy? Like hey man, congrats on being rich today. I mean he already was rich, but congrats on getting super rich. Can you break me off a piece? Um, and it is a lot of money. Nineteen and that basically twenty million dollars in cash is a ton of money. But in terms of quarterbacks, it's not that inflexible. I mean, it, like this is where his contract gets big. Nineteen million this year. Eight, actually, it's nineteen point nine. So let's just call it twenty because I think it is with a few other things. Nineteen million next year. Nineteen six the year after that. Nineteen nine the year after that. With cap hits all right in line with it. So the next four years, it's it's a twenty million dollar quarterback. Is that is that that bad? Like that's. I mean, I know he got rich. He should get rich, but I don't know. It's a pretty good deal. No, it's it's when you look at what quarterbacks are going for, to me it'd be a really bad deal if it was like $30 million and he played like he did. But given even the way he played last year, I'd be like, that's what it costs. That's what a quarterback of that level costs with that talent. You know how much Ryan Tannehill's got cash 2019? How much? 18-7. Joe Flacco, yeah. 18-5. Case He's Keenum, better. 18. Eli, 17. Russell, 17. Nice deal. Uh, Andy Dalton, 16-2. Well, well I'll, I'll give you an example here, guy. Bortles, 16. Now, I think Jimmy... And I'm just talking about a... cash, so there's, all, there's a lot of considerations. 
Jimmy is going to make 18-2 this year in cash. But then next year, he makes 25-25-25 for the next three years. Now, the cap hits are dead cap small, but you're not going to cut them. So, like, that's five extra million dollars for Jimmy. That's kind of when you kind of probably put the two contracts together. Because remember, the guaranteed money was relatively similar. And we always say the thing with quarterbacks, unless they just fall off a cliff and you cut them, you're probably going to stay with them. Like Flacco's seen probably two years extra worth of money than any other player in any other position would have seen because they would have been cut. Like Jimmy and Derek are going to see the money. If Derek can get that number back up to like 32, 35 touchdowns and just have a play competitive football, that's a steal. That's a steal. Like Jimmy is not really cheap next year. He's not expensive. Like it's just the going rate, but it's not like you're not getting some bargain. Like Derek, you'd argue if he bounces back and has, you know, like a legitimate, like he's just in the Pro Bowl vernacular, you'd be like, oh, he's been played really well. They go seven and nine or eight and eight, but it's because they're young and he throws 30 plus touchdowns that he'd be one of the better contracts in the league. Don't you think? Non like rookie contract. Because of just how much quarterbacks cost. Yeah. Well, what's like Marcus Mariota? What's his next contract going to be? He's in his well, fifth year. I, I don't know. I, I think he's probably the one of the great wild cards in the NFL. I, I personally would make him play his fifth year option out. Like, what's why am I rushing for Which him? Which is what's happening this year at twenty one million at this point. But like, what, is he even a tw- is he a twenty one million dollar quarterback right now? No, but let's say you run it back and he's basically the same player again. What do you do? Try to sign like a four-year, $80 million, $50 million guaranteed contract. Yeah, and in the he, end, that's still $20 million a year if he plays all four, right? What, would, he, would he do that? Would he get uh, more in the open market? I, I, feel like he, I, I feel like he might. Yeah, he's just been hurt too much. It's a little NBA-ish. Like, hey, we're giving you some guaranteed money right now. You've been injured. Like, well, are you going to take it or leave it? But, like, if Nick Foles was a free agent right now, he'd get $20 million. Well, put, okay, put, put it this way. Well, he did. They picked up his option, right? At twenty million, yeah, but I mean, it's a, a one year is still different, but yeah, I know. But I'm just saying, net, we're just in a vacuum. Yeah. Just yep. talk about 2019. Okay. So d- think about this: Who would you rather have going into 2019? Let's just use these two players: Mariota, whose fifth year option is 21 million dollars, or Derek Carr at 19 million dollars. So say what you want, like that's that's two million dollars you can use on just a role player. Like two million dollars in the NFL is just. I mean, it's not nothing, right? I think we just throw it away in pro sports. Like, that is something. Yeah. I, I know who I'd rather have. How, well, how about this one, John? I, yeah, me too. How about this? This is an interesting one. Are the, What are the Bengals going to do? Andy Dalton's making 16 and then 17 and a half. You just play this year with Andy Dalton. I'm just saying, well, my point, well, you do. You're right. But I'm just saying, like, that is a trade. That's not a bad, like, that's a tradable quarterback right there. That is not a bad contract at all. Again, I, I'd say anything 20 or under for a guy that you can win games with is incredible. Say what you want about Andy Dalton. When they've been good, like, he's been fine, right? He's flawed, but he's they've made the playoffs with him several times. To me, the difference is, I'd say even then, I'd put Mariota somewhere in the middle, Dalton's worth them both, both of them. The difference is, Derek, we've seen his high end, is much his ceiling so much higher than those guys. You know what it makes me think of is... This is just the cost of doing business. How many times have you been? It happened to me uh, on Saturday morning. I was in like a little cafe getting a deli sandwich. And the guy in front of me was an older gentleman. And he was telling the 19-year-old at the register that she needs to tell corporate that 
225 is too expensive for coffee. And it's just like, I get it. I get when you grew up in an era that coffee was a lot cheaper. Like it just, but, but I always just love the person who tells the person at the register like, Oh wow. That's how much, that's how much it is. Huh? Well, so pull your wallet out or don't, but that's what it costs now. Did the guy pay in change? uh, No, in cash paid in cash. And again, I get it. I'm not here to, to make fun of that attitude necessarily. You're rich shaming, but like this is like where do you go that coffee is fifty cents? I don't. Oh, I thought you. I thought you were kind of. I, I thought you were getting to also just how stupid it is and how out of touch this guy tell corporate like they give a flying. Well, fuck. that's a, my. You see, now I got no issue with somebody complaining about it, but to me, it's about you're complaining the wrong. Write an email or send a letter. Fine, if that's what you're gonna do. If you're mad about it being two twenty five, you're probably right. But you're not really just paying for the coffee. You're paying for the rent. You're paying for the employees' health care. Like. I get that coffee shouldn't be two twenty five, but there's a little more built into that cost, and everything else costs more. Like your rent's up, the cars are just everything costs more. Like there's been inflation, but the part that always gets me is putting the person at the register in that position. Like I always feel like that's just rude. Like, oh, I wow, agree. It's too, like don't put don't put that person in that position. But that's like complaining about like quarterbacks. I don't want to pay twenty million. Well, then you're not going to have a quarterback unless you draft him in the second round. Yeah, see, and I don't think any, he'll become a twenty million dollars. See, player. I don't think anyone has the issue necessarily anymore. I know. I just want to rant twenty about million. I just want to no. Say I, that I, I think it's more just like people would say there would be an argument and why waste a day with Andy Dalton, and I think the Bengals would say, well, how do we land Carson Wentz? Exactly. Right? We, if if we had him, we would get rid of Andy, but we're kind of stuck with him, and actually, he's a pretty good deal, and I think it's pretty clear. You know, I, I know this guy got kicked to the curb, literally fired. And just, uh, I, I still feel like Reggie kind of got done dirty. Uh, that's a pretty damn good contract. Oh, McKenzie? Yeah. Yeah. On the Derek contract is like, it's, it's pretty good. I mean, it's, it's really good. Like Jimmy's contract is good, but it's $5 million more. Like that's $15 million over a three year period. Let's say they both play out the next five years. That's a lot of cash. If they're both, let's just say they're both pro bowlers, right? How do you think you'd feel? Um, I heard uh, many years ago in terrestrial radio, we, we, do you remember we interviewed Jeff Lunau, the uh, GM yeah. of the uh, Houston Astros? Did he, he tell us Mike Trout was the best player on their their secret deal? Did he tell us that? He, he kind of alluded. He's like, yeah, I can't give away the information, but he's pretty good. Um, I heard him on with Mad Dog on Thursday, and they were talking about his rotation. He's like, and Mad Dog's like, wait, wait, Wade Miley, Wade Miley, right? Good. Tell me about Wade Miley. And Jeff goes, uh, oh, you know, we love Wade Miley. We got him on a great deal. And I'm just like, if you're the player, you're like, hey, you call your agent, like, hey, dude, the GM is like all thrilled about the deal he just gave us. Like, we got more than four and a half million dollars. Like, you're not doing that on the Jimmy contract, right? No one's calling. The Niners are not calling other teams. Like, we got him. We got Jimmy, and look at what we got him for. But if he's good, then it's then the money. Then it's fine. It's money well spent. There is no amount of money you can spend on a great quarterback that's too much money. I think the problem is, is like Andy Dalton is not the problem, right? The problem is Matt Stafford. When you get to like you're paying him thirty million dollars a year, and he's just not good enough. That that to me is the problem. And yeah. you can't get at, and because you have to guarantee such an astronomical amount, you're stuck. Like, the Andy Dalton deals are never going to cripple your franchise. Because if they wanted to, they could just go, let's just bottom out, cripple, and then just figure it out. 
right? Well, what could you get if you tried to trade Andy Dalton right now? What would you get? I think you get like a third round pick, don't you? You'd start I, immediately for your franchise. I think it worked. Yes, I don't think you do any work. I think there's a chance you might get a back end of a second. Well, then what would you say you get for Derek? You're probably the same. Maybe a Wait, little hot. Maybe mid second. I, I don't think anyone in the NFL would say they would just take the chance on Derek's talents more, so much better. Yeah, so maybe a, a high, maybe a higher second. Like I don't think like quarterbacks. Second round picks. When you're thinking like, if you think to yourself, I might have my quarterback here, then you should be willing to trade for, for a second round pick. So you're right, Derek would. I think 100 percent if they put Derek on the block, like legitimately, we will trade Derek. They would get a second round pick easily. And also, like how would the, how would the Giants not give them their second yeah, round? And that's pick? part of the point, right? Is this contract isn't prohibitive? No, it's easy. Like the Jaguars. I, they, to me, the Dalton one. He he's been hurt a couple times. I, I don't know if you get a second. Yeah, maybe not. Because he's been he's been injured. And but he's older, right. And he's sneaky older than you. Th- I mean, he's early. Th- he's in his thirties. Oh, right. But but I think you'd be like. But I, but I do think you you wouldn't be like God. They got Andy for a six. No, it'd be like a third. Yeah, he's thirty one. Okay, that's young. That's young, John. It's really not that old. To me, the bigger issue is he's had like a couple. He's ended multiple seasons on IR. Uh, all right. Speaking of uh, contracts, Bryce Harper reportedly met with the uh, Giants this week, according to Alex Pavlovich, Larry Bear, Farhan Zaidi, Bruce Bochy, all part of, and I'm reading uh, from Alex's article here, uh, part of the contingent that flew to meet with Bryce Harper, which my first reaction is, you know what? This thing's gone on long enough that probably everyone who even thought about it once upon a time should check in just to make sure. Where, where's, where's the number these days? What, what's going on with you guys? Um, I'm still not, you know, I'm not all fired up. I wouldn't tend for $300 million. I wouldn't fire me up. But, I mean, he's still a damn good baseball player. Like, I'd rather have him than the guy that was making all the money. Now, the Yankees got, got uh, Giancarlo cheap in terms of prospects, but I'd rather have Bryce than Giancarlo. I'd rather they be are, they him. are on the, they are on the hook for him for $250 million. Yeah, a lot of money. Now I think it's easier for them to justify it. Cause you go, well, we're paying, paying Aaron judge 500 K. So, you know, if you look at it, just cut it in half, you know, for the two of them, that's just how I'd look at it. To me, the giants, it's like, I think it's starting to get to nut cutting time. Like we're going to be start playing games here soon and we're going to stink and no one's going to give a shit about us. And then this, area where everyone's fighting the the warriors are the lead dog just because they're are great they have superstar like they're the total package the niners it's just the nfl you know and it, hell i even throw the right like just the nfl is a big fucking deal the giants are but right now they're not and, and i think that you start five and 15 you start turning on games and their version of a's turnouts because it got like that last year where you got, God, is there 25,000 people there? Which is still great. And people take, but for them, like they want 40,000 people there. They First off, they want to just be competitive, which they're not. But if you're not going to be competitive, at least roll out somewhat of like a, the NBA version. Because I, I saw someone wrote this on Twitter. What would Joe Lacob do right now? And I, I, I get you can't always do that. It's not even fair. But he would go all in for Bryce Harper. Because there is a business to this, you know? Because I started thinking. Yeah, I year. also think like Kevin. Like we're we're also talking about like the players he's got and he's paying a lot of money to are the maybe the best players in the league. And you could make the case that maybe Bryce is one of the if he gets back to what he was a couple of years ago when he was you know like Mickey Mantle. This is the least interested I've. 
I, I thought about this the other day. Like, am I probably going to watch the least amount of baseball that I ever will in my life this year? Probably. Now, with Bryce, I think it would up Danny. I would just pay attention a lot more. Just talking about myself. And I, I'm probably an outlier because I, when I say I still have baseball games on all the time. But he would change the dynamic. Just me as a consumer. And again, I am a consumer as I sit on my couch and watch the game because that is cons- that's paying the bills for them, the t- television ratings. Same with guys, same with anyone listening. So right. they, they have no one right now that I really have to turn the TV on for. It's always kind of cool, like when you, oh, MLB Network, oh, the Yankees are on. I'll watch Stanton and Judge take an AB, you know? Yeah. There is something still to that, you know? Yeah. Even in this money ball. Like, I'm more excited, like, God, can Matt Olson be the MVP of the league this year? I'm not really thinking that, but. You would become interested if two months in he's become an MVP candidate. Yeah, he's got like 25 home runs at the break. And, and the I'm thing like, with Harper is you start the season having that conversation. Right. I, I met I met Matt Chapman, but oh well, Olson too. Is, that, is Matt Olson? Is that is Olson's first name Matt? Yes, Matt and Matt. But th- those two guys, I'll say this: like when they're up, like I just kind of pay attention. They fucking they're good, you know. Yeah, I like watching them. Well, Chris, da- I, I mean, I, you, you, I know you pay attention. When Chris Davis is up. I feels like all to me, too. it feels like all three of those guys are at the plate like every other inning somehow. My my beef with Chris Davis, and this is first world problems. With a home run hitter, I like a pull hitter, and a lot of his home runs are just opposite field. This is not quite as cool to watch. That'd be my one thing with Bryce. He just hits a lot of just sweet jacks. And again, these are first world problems. I, uh, if as a Giants fan, I'd like a guy to hit forty nine home runs, but opposite, like you know, still great. You know, just the win column. The guy but had thirty four last year while while he hit two fifteen in the first half, or whatever it was. Who's that? Bryce. Bryce led the league in walks. That's got to count for something. To me, there's just... He, had a, he was over 400 on base in this. Like, his second half was pretty good. To me, it's just about he's in a game devoid of just true superstar needle movers. He's one of the rare few. But Sorry, I'll let you finish. And there, there is a huge business element to this. And say what you want, he's been the best player on a really good team for like seven straight years, right? So it's not like he's some loser. No, I mean, he's well, that's ultimately the point, and a is, is you, you, you might be overpaying production a little or a lot if he's not the guy that, you know, three years ago was the, four years ago now was the MVP, but there is a value. You're also not doing the, you're not just paying for the personality uh, and getting no, you're still getting a really good baseball player who is, is going to play. Like he had the year two years ago that he didn't really play. He, he hasn't re- last year actually he played more than he's ever played before. So how many um, games? 159. That's a lot of games. That's a lot of games for a guy that hit 215 in the first half. Like sometimes those guys take a week off. He didn't. I I always find it funny like when I see a guy uh, of Fleming, you know, got announced he signed an extension with the Giants. He's like they're upping his uh, his ante to 130 games, and I I read someone with the Nationals was like. You know, I'm doing 125. Like broadcasters can't sniff 162 games. I think how hard it is to play. Like, well, yeah, but right. Dave is doing other. Like it's not like Dave's just like no, he's I doing know, other games. He, he was a bad example. There, there's just a lot of broad, whenever they hire like a new personality. Some not the not the play-by-play guy, but a lot of times the analysts kind of rotate. Uh, somebody was telling me last year. I don't know if it's Eric Nade. No, it's not Eric Nadell, the Ranger broadcaster. But there's somebody out there who's older 
who's got someone was telling me like the best. He does he's three weeks on, one week off a month. That's <laughs> baseball guy. It's just like, oh, this is you know, if you do that, you can work forever. Like I've had guys who, you know, there's the number there's the guy that does the more innings and the guy that does like somebody does six, somebody does three. And I've had a few guys who do the three innings time like, man, I just, you know, I need that number one job. And I'm always like, I guess. I mean <laughs> You know, three innings, like not the worst thing in the world, right? You're making 200 grand, whatever it is. So, I mean, what do you think the highest paid three inning guy is in the league? If you had to guess, does anyone make like 500 grand to do three innings? I'd be surprised if somebody makes five. Well, I'm trying to think who are they? I'm just saying if that human lives, you're making 500 grand to do three innings. It's the greatest job you'll ever have in your life. Yeah. Would you agree with that? Yeah, and I get yeah, you. You yeah. always like I aspire for more, and it's like I get that. I want to be the lead just, voice. Like okay, I get that. But the, you like what that, you're doing doesn't. Like I wouldn't run from the job you have. No, <laughs> exactly. Uh, will Will Kevin Durant be running from the job he has? Is are we watching the final months of uh, Golden State Warrior Kevin Durant? Kind of feels that way, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean. I, I it almost feels like a lock again. Did you see that? He hasn't talked for like the last five days. Just ever since the Knicks trade happened, he's just avoided it like the play because he knows what he's going to be asked. And he's pretty good about that. It's kind of actually let I've, – I've actually seen Boogie. It feels like he's talking all the time. He's just smiling. Boogie, like, Boogie, yeah, Boogie's living, living his best life. Yeah, oh, my God. He's, he, he's like a pig in shit right now. Uh, it is the elephant in the room. I saw Ethan Strauss wrote – uh, a bunch of like hoops hype were tweeting out that the, the vibe around the Warriors is they, they think he's gone. They're they're bracing for him to leave, and it, it just a casual NBA fan. If you just watch, that's what everyone's thinking right now. And then to me, yesterday the trade happened. My phone buzzed last night at eleven thirty. I was just kind of falling asleep, and I looked, and it's Woj breaking a tweet, and it's that they traded him. They traded their best player, Tobias Harris. Well, one of the things there, it has potential if they can do like one more move to have two max slots. So it's not just the Knicks. To me, it's like the Clippers, who who was the guy that played a huge role in landing Kevin Durant the first time when he got on the phone and he said, you're remembered for rings or whatever the fucking line was from Jerry. Mm-hmm. It's Jerry West. And I, I know everyone talks about they want Kawhi, and they why wouldn't they just be like, we'll get Kawhi and Kevin? I think like when you start thinking about what's been said by the people closest to like, and obviously we know Marcus and Anthony, Marcus – uh, Thompson and Anthony Slater, but though, for months, John, right? Like it was, it was Marcus. I think wrote a while ago, like before the season, like you know that the, there was a belief that this could be his last year. Okay, fine. Then, then there was his brother's. Remember, his brother had the comment on the IG, like we're trying to get all rings before we get out of here. And he's like, I, that meant retirement. I didn't mean leave the Warriors. Just meant before I retire. But well, the one I'd forgotten about, so I went back and looked, was that. Slater wrote in October that Durant's best friend is on David Fisdale's staff. Yeah, best friend. Best friend. It's very college, right, where you're just kind of setting things up. And then, obviously, the Knicks are doing – like, you think him and Royal Ivy haven't talked? Like, you think the Knicks just traded Porzingis without knowing anything? Now, I'm not saying he's going to the Knicks, but I think they're at or near the top of the list. Like, I, the Clippers have been a real thing. And it kind of raised my eyebrows the other day when there was the report that the Clippers are on the list of teams that Anthony Davis would sign an extension with. The, the friend coaching staff is a classic college move. Right. But the difference is in the NBA, you can have 40 coach. You could hire every, you could be like, like college is only so many spots. So you are, when you put somebody's 
dad or friend on your staff. Like you are taking away somebody who normally breaks down film or is on the floor coaching. Like that is a real valuable coach. That's not but, but, on your bench. But, but my point is in college, if it means landing, you know, uh, Porter Jr. or whoever, it, it makes sense. In the NBA, it's like, we don't even, we'll just pay the motherfucker. We're not signing his friend if we don't want him. And I've I actually heard someone say that the friend is a pretty high-level guy. Yeah, it, it you know, could be not, just a total, he might just be a really good coach. That's fair. That's absolutely But fair. the other thing is the guy that they hired away from the Kings was Scott Perry, was one of the guys in Oklahoma City that drafted him, and they, they have a relationship like, so I, I it, the Knicks feel like they're getting him or have a legit chance. Well, so do the Clippers. Why? Because the guy in charge of the Clippers now once landed him or played a pivotal might be strong, but definitely played a role. You know, I, I didn't, Kevin kind of gave him the credit for Jerry kind of help close the deal. Like he, the players made, they opened their arms to him, but then Jerry hammered it home. Like screw everyone else. What they're going to say about you. It's about rings. That's how you'll be remembered. And then he did it. And it turns out like he's really bothered by still what everyone says about him. I, I do think this, and you and I have texted about this. New York probably be overwhelming for him. I mean, if he's struggling here with the Warriors, where they, I, I wouldn't say treat him with kid gloves, the media, but it's pretty. They make it conducive for him. Like they're gonna ask some tough questions, but it's they'll let it be on his time. There ain't no his time in New York. To me, the Clippers for his personality actually would make a lot of sense. You got Doc Rivers who's a huge personality that can talk all the time. If you could land Kawhi, which again, it's not a great combination because he doesn't want to talk either, but you're, you have the elephant in the room is LeBron on the other team taking all the headlines. So you kind of fly under the radar. But the one thing that seems to bother Kevin the most, he doesn't want to fly under the radar. He wants to be told, I don't know if this is by Twitter or by the shows that he's the best player. Like I, Kevin, how are you ever going to quantify that? You know, I, I, I don't, it feels like he's searching for some ghost of happiness that it doesn't really exist. Yeah, I look, I I think um if if that's what you seek, I think it will always kind of fall through your fingertips. Cuz look, Michael Michael Jordan was Michael Jordan and we still talk about and now the, you know, if Michael cared that I don't know, maybe Michael does care about it. I the times I've heard him address it, I I think he's handled it well. But it's like imagine if Michael cared every day that he was talked about as the greatest ever and then LeBron comes along and we have these debates. And Michael's imagine Michael still woke up caring, you know, it's like, like really caring. Like that's not, that's, 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 what's he going to do? Come back, prove everybody like, ah, I'm taking LeBron on. No, it's too. Although I did ask this question the other day because they did a funny once I was a bleacher. Or somebody did made this graphic of Michael in a warrior's uniform. Like, could he come back to pass Brady for championship rings? No, it says next year when Brady gets seven. And oh, then it okay. was a picture of him in a warrior's jersey. So, how many, what could, like if Michael Jordan right now stepped onto the floor and I asked, no. I was talking to Eddie house, uh, Tuesday and I asked him like, could, how many could Michael average? He's like, well, the problem is just, you know, not in shape, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I said, I, I don't care. Just you put him on. He's Michael Jordan. What could he do? Could he average seven points a game? And Eddie was like, yeah, I think he'd average seven because he'll still have, he's still strong. He still has the post-up moves. And, but he can't jump as high and fatter. Yeah, no doubt. But I, I said I put it at seven. Could on this Warriors team, could he average seven? Just hit a couple open mid rangers He'd get left open. John, he averaged twenty people. This one gets me. Like Michael, man, when he came back for the Wizards, that really ruined things. When you mean when he averaged twenty three a game that year, that ruined it, or the year that he averaged twenty a night, did that one ruin it? 
I, I guess I'm a little jaded because I just remember that Kobe last year. Now, the difference was is Kobe was so injured, right? His Achilles was given out. His knees were given out. He, he's had every injury under the sun. It doesn't feel like Jordan was quite as banged up. He was just older. But I'll never forget, like, once it goes, it kind of goes, you know? And a lot of guys just kind of slowly move out, it feels like. Some of them hang on way too long in the NBA, and you're like, oh, my God, what Patrick Ewing, he looks like he's 700 pounds. Remember, he was, like, playing for the – when he played for the Raptors? It got really ugly there at the end. Uh, for some play, Hakeem was shot. I I don't know. I, I don't know if he could average seven because I don't think he'd be able to move. <laughs> well, yeah, the, the back-to-backs. But now the schedule's set up a little better. I, I I do think this year for the first time, I've always kind of defended them. Uh, not not an individual player, but just the league has kind of jumped the shark with some of this shit. You know, it's, it's getting a little. You're talking ridiculous. about the schedule, or the drama. I'm just talking about the drama. Yeah, it's John. Just... I, I look. Uh, yesterday, I got two alerts back to back. The the Lakers are out on Anthony Davis talks. Like, okay, oh, I bet they are. Like, I don't send me that alert. Don't tell. I don't need that report. Then I did. They're 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 not picking up the Pelicans phone calls anymore. BS. Well, how, how do you how do you blame? Like, if you ask Kyle Kuzma, are you better than Anthony Davis? Of course he'd be like, no. Yeah, yeah. I'm just assuming he would maybe say yeah. But most of the players, like those guys in the trade, would admit they're not as good as Anthony Davis in a vacuum. But you also you're a human, especially when you're younger. It's like fuck you. You know, LeBron, you, you smiled in my face. I know you talk the magic. We've all worked in businesses where a guy acts like he's not some politician behind the scenes. Clearly he's working the channels. Like, Have you, don't you even spoken to JT or not? I want answers. <laughs> it, it, exactly. And it's just like, you're a fucking liar. And it just, you, resentment might be the wrong word, but it just gets weird. And you can yeah. just, I, I always kind of laugh at just be a pro, be a pro. Yeah, you're still a human. You know, you've got things kind of crossing your mind here. Right. So I I think it's a disaster. Just you're kind of what. Yeah, the but just the league, you know, just Anthony Davis well, it's, situation. It's funny, you know, like, man. Like, is, is Kyrie gonna leave? Is is Kawhi gonna leave? I, that's another one. Not bad, but no. But Kyrie's another one that has worn me out. It's just like we get it. You're in charge of your career, fine. But why we like the, the But I also think I, I would guess it's all this stuff is part of the reason the league is just in fantastic shape. They're in the news cycle all the time. It's stuff that's easy to consume. Drama does. Uh, but it's like Ky- Kyrie, Kyrie, no one ever told you that you had to look in front of the crowd and say, I'm going to be back, make a commercial at Boston Garden like you did that. And then it's you come at it's just it you, wears me out. It yeah, you're just I, and I think there's an element of just immaturity with all these guys because they kind of led by this crusade. LeBron's leaving of player empowerment. It's like we get it. Your players are powerful. You know, get the fucking they've always been powerful. You know, this isn't like some new thing. You know, uh, the power player in the NBA always has pull, right? So it's like they act like there's some trailblazers here with player empowerment. I just think they've completely jumped the shark on all this shit. Baseball players are doing the same thing right now, right? Not to this degree because they have less free time in terms of during the season. But baseball players complaining about how much money's out there. People talking about collusion is one of the stupidest. You think the league got that? You think teams got together and said, we're not going to pay Bryce Harper? No, they've all got the same data now. And they're realizing that spending $300 million on a guy. Now, Bryce is unique, but like the Albert Pujols contract was a disaster. So wait a second. I'm going to pay you when you're past your prime for eight years or 10 years. And then if you're Robinson Cano and you get suspended for PEDs, 
I still have to pay you when you come back? Like, what is that? That's incredible. So why am I going to pay you for past performance at a time when you're about to get old, give you a ton of money? You just want us to keep making the same mistakes. You really care about the players making money. You shouldn't worry about how is Bryce Harper getting 300 instead of 250. You should worry about the guys that get uh, called up making maybe how about those guys make 750 or a million instead of 500 how about that that affects people but like yeah, I'm how, not about, the, how about the guy making a, how about Bryce, the guy making a million yeah you know, the million guy that could make five right you know but but, but i'm gonna get back like guys it's, it's not collusion it's guys have gotten smart the teams have realized wait a second we don't have and from everything i've heard like you know major league baseball used to own negotiations with the league but everybody i've heard talk about it says the league has wipe the floor with the players the last two labor negotiations so who's the guy who's the head of the union now tony clark, name? Tony clark yeah. I mean, donald fair was legendary but like the the health of your players is not determined by whether bryce gets 300 or 250 it's determined by what about the guys on the low end what are they yeah. getting because that's your workforce yeah to me the the nfl has a similar issue like it's not about the brady's and the quarterbacks it's about the backup linebacker, you know, the guy that hits going to hit free agency and he's going to get veteran minimum deals that aren't guaranteed. Exactly. But those guys, what, what they should be fighting for is two years get you lifetime health insurance. Exactly. Maybe like you're fighting just being on the roster counts as a year, not being active. I don't know, but 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 see, that's the problem, guys, because in any negotiation, the guy you're going to elect is usually the top of the food pole, you know, the food chain or the pyramid, and he doesn't relate financially to you. So he's fighting for, and he thinks about it differently than you. You know, like Aaron Rodgers has nothing in common, or Bryce Harper has nothing in common well, with the guy making nothing. Well, the other thing is what resonates with everybody. Like when Kevin Durant goes out and signs a record contract, when so, I just mean somebody, when somebody, that, that's what resonates, is how much did the big free agent get? He got, oh, wow, he got a lot of money. Well, that's what resonates. What's happened is now you've gotten so rich that guys can walk away from $30 million to go do what they want. I mean, Kevin, look, Kevin has made decisions, to his credit, that were not strictly financially based, right? And now yeah. he's in a position where he did not tie himself for a long period of time, and he's, he, he has every year, basically, he gets to make his own decision. That is valuable. That's really valuable. When you're that rich, you can start doing that. And so credit to them for doing it. But... Baseball doesn't work that way. Baseball players, it's all about, like, I need my guaranteed dollars because I haven't been paid for five years. Yeah, I mean, it's... I, I, the other the other curveball in basketball is, like, for Kevin Durant, for example, why money means nothing to him. And I don't mean means nothing to him. Well, why he can take a $5 million haircut on a, on a contract for a year, go from 35 to 27 or whatever. He's on a $300 million Nike deal. Right. And he's been making 20 plus million in the NBA now for like seven straight years. So like part of the reason in the NFL, for example, why they always say in free agency, is it going to go to a winner? Like they never go to the Patriots when they're kind of desperate for their one big contract. They're going to go to whoever pays them more because that's going to be their one contract. In the NBA, and I, we've talked about this for a while too, like <clears throat> let's say Clay wanted to leave. You know, the other another team in free agency can only offer him four years. The Warriors can offer him five. He's like, well, it's, if he wanted to leave, they'll offer me four, whatever that number is, 140. And then I'll be 33 when that's up. I'll just sign another contract. Like, more than likely, I'm going to be around. I've already banked a, a shitload of money. I'm already I, – I think we lose touch with this. The NBA people definitely do. Like, when the guy signs a super max, 
That guy, more than likely, I think basically every time, had signed the rookie max. And that rookie max, while it's not $180 million, is like 70 to 90. So whether Jimmy Butler gets his 190 or gets someone gives him 160, he already signed a $90 million deal. Like Clay Thompson's first contract and Draymond Green's first contract, $82 million. That right there is life-changing. Like their lives and their families' lives are changed. Everything else is somewhat gravy. Yeah. You know? Uh, subscribe, rate, review. Go to ease.com. Use the promo code HAM for 20 bucks off your first offer. And berries, B-E-R-R-I-E-S.com. Click on the microphone. Promo code HAM. Promo code HAM. Promo code HAM. There you go. Later. Peace. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.